welcome to the Prep Me Podcast. I'm Tora, and I'm also with Chansey. I'm not going to try his hello, last hello. name. Oh, <laughs> come on. I want you to try it once. Vino. I, you can do it. You got it. Yes, uh, finally. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are the hosts of the best, and actually the only, uh, but the best pre-med podcast made especially for Canadian medical students. So this podcast, a good reminder of those of our regular listeners, have been made possible by the very generous support from Prep 101, which is the most comprehensive MCAT test prep company in Canada. So today... I'm going to be, usually it's Chansey with all the knowledge and he's got the big brains, but I'm going to be sitting in the hot seat. It's Chansey's turn. You've got turn. big brains. Well, You've got big yeah, brains. You got debatable, them. debatable. Um, <laughs> it's Chansey's turn to ask me everything I know, because today, what are we talking about, Chansey? Cars. Cars. You See, we cars. said it differently. We just said it differently. You said it differently than I said it. <laughs> I'm like, cars, big inflection. And you go. Deflection, down, cars, like bad memories, cars. Okay. <laughs> Well, let's, I think I know the answer to this question. What was your least favorite subject on the MCAT? If I didn't just give it away, I think it's obvious it was cars. I found cars took me the longest to study for, took me the longest to get skillful at, and took me the longest to see a score improvement on. So all the reasons that I just said, cars was my least favorite uh, section of the MCAT. Why was, why, I love it. (laughs) Why, why do you, why, why do you love it so much? (laughs) Okay. Because here's the thing, because I think that it just kind of tests a totally different, I mean, it does, that's what it's there for, but it tests such a different brain that I love tapping into. It's got more of a creative side. It's a lot less black and white. You know, I live my life in black and white, right? As as a scientist, it's everything. It's just like, it's either yes or no. And this is just living in the gray and just embracing it and being really comfortable with a level of discomfort. Um, I think there's just, oh, I could you know, go off and get romantic about it. And like, there's a philosophy there to how to live your life. But no, I love it. I think that it is such an important section because the med schools like it and think it's very important. But I think that it just trains an area of of thought that will serve you well for the rest of your life, medicine or not. I think that it's just such a valuable skill. You're probably right. And you know what, to your point, um, you're not only like answering the question, but you're sort of teaching already because your enthusiasm is what I needed to teach myself to have every time I tackled a Karis passage, which I'm sure you're going to get into. But to medicine, you're right. Karis is probably the most, this seems silly to say, but it's probably the most applicable section of the MCAT that we utilize in our testing format in the sense that it's not going to be just, here's a paragraph of scientific knowledge, give me your scientific answer. There's so much more to it in terms of getting the flavor and the information and really appraising a passage, which I don't think you do probably any more than you do when you're doing cars. Um, it just took me way long to do it. And there's a reason you teach it and I don't. Um. <laughs> okay, but what made you what made you find, like what was the hardest part of getting engaged with cars? I think the hardest part for me was, it was two part. One was, like you said, and like you show and demonstrate, is having this enthusiasm for no matter what passage you see, whether it's passage one, two, through seven or eight, having that same enthusiasm saying, you know, this is going to be great. I'm going to know lots about this, or I'm going to enjoy reading this and having that positive energy to increase my retention of whatever I've actively read and need for the questions. That that's that was hard for to learn because I think I'm one to quickly get into something and be like, either A, I'm confused and I'm not enjoying this, or B, this is very boring and I forget what I just read. So that that's that's one piece. Okay, and I actually, I did say that you were going to ask me the questions, but my hosting <laughs> hat is still on. I have to step back. You have asked questions for me, right? I let's, do. Let's I have so there. many because I'm kind of, I'm thinking back, like if I was doing this all again and I had you as my mentor, 
I have like so many questions I would have asked back then. And if you made me write curves again now, I'd probably be better at it, but I'd still want some tips. So I think given how much time you've spent instructing cars and all the vast sort of diversity and number of students that have come with questions to you, I'm sure in the classroom setting, what are some of you like your general tips towards cars for folks like me that come from a science background and haven't really written a test that's formatted like cars? Like what makes cars different and how can I get a leg up on cars? I think that the, that idea, just that, is that recognizing it's different from the sciences, that you study different, you practice different, that you train yourself differently, and that will serve you well across many different facets. But I think that one thing that it is different, treat it differently, but it, you still need to study, practice, learn about how to do cars. And I think that the biggest tip is to throw away everything you know about test taking and live in that uncertainty and and that is because if you're reading a passage the biggest way to do this and to get do well in cars and do so quickly is to inhabit the author is to really visualize and i like to say stereotype the absolute crap out of the author okay there's this one passage that's about oh we read this one in the exam crackers books and it's all about what kind of knots you should use for various... Oh, you're a sailor. You know all about knots. Okay. But, <laughs> okay, I don't know anything about it. And I'm like, isn't there just one kind of knot? Like, I tie my shoes with and then I can't get it out forever? So there's this one passage about knots. And it's 500 words all about all these different types of knots. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, students, who would write this? Someone put pen to page and thought, wrote their outline, and thought, I'm going to write a big chapter about knots. And so who would write that? And of course, we stereotype and say, okay, I think it's a guy, first of all. I think the, the obvious thing is like, if I was the author, what would I look like? I'd have a French mustache, for sure, like the one with curled ends. Um, I would be wearing like a sailor's hat, you know, like a like a Tilly hat, the full brim. Um, I would be wearing three quarter length pulled up white socks and topsiders, uh, nice tight fitting shorts, but I'd be fit and tanned, right? But I'd be kind of this old man, like kind of grizzled, like I'd be a sailor pipe, maybe not. But oh, as soon as you start to think about who would write 500 words about knots, I see this retired sailor. So you got the sailor looking the way you did, sitting on the pier, tying knots on like on the side of the wharf. That's what I've got in my head right now based on Romanticizing about knots, right? Exactly. <laughs> fair, exactly. Fair. So you inhabit that, you become that. And it sounds, I, I get it. It sounds ridiculous, but it's so important because so many questions about cars on the exam are like, okay, now you know what the author thinks about knots. What does this author, how would this author feel about various woodworking tools? And it would be like, oh, he cares about which woodworking tool you use for what project and you need a repertoire. You don't get just like one screw, screwdriver that does it all. You need every single tool in the book because you have to use the right knot for the right you know, situation. And it's just, it's that. And, and so if you can, after the first paragraph, sit back and sometimes I'll physically sit back. I'll sit back, look up in the sky and be like, who's writing this? Why? That's it. Who's writing this and why? And if you, and I jot it down, um, especially if I start to lose a little bit of momentum when I'm doing exams, I'll write down like A, who's the author? And M, what's the main idea? And I'll just jot down some like little three quarter length white socks. Right? And would you and like use your it. scrap paper for this? Like on the MCAT or are you like I would. thinking in your head? Okay. I, I, I write a lot in cars and I think actually generally as, as a skill, 
Um, I write a lot more than I generally suggest. It works for me just because I write really quickly. Um, some students find it takes them a lot of time and it's a bit of a distraction, but I okay. map significantly. That's something we can talk about in a bit. We do that for all the subjects. Um, I map a lot. I'll write out the main idea. I'll write out the description of the author, especially it's a way to snap me out of lulls. So these are the kinds of tips and tricks you, you can't really get on your own. That's like kind of guidance and mentorship that you need, but those are the things I offer. Now, I come to think of like the section back when I was actively studying and writing it, and I had lots of colleagues that come from different majors, and it's great in medicine that you don't have to come from bio. You can come from anything at all, and you can come from working for 10 to 20 years and back to medicine. But I guess, is it wrong or right to assume that somebody who comes from like an English background or who has done the poli-sci, the anthropology, the humanities, are they going to be like from the foundational, like good at cars? I generally find that that is a trend, that uh, people who are usually reading for the gray areas... Um, and not reading for the facts because a lot of science students were trained to read a paragraph and highlight the facts and what we need to know right and people in the humanities are more reading for the main idea the the thesis the the treaties of the of the paper and so I I mean I've had I've actually taught philosophy students who um, have successfully gotten into medicine I've taught music majors I've taught a wide range of people who are and I'll only ever talk about students who actually actively got into medicine and I do find that an arts background makes you better at cars. That's not saying that science students cannot do well. It's just you've got that uh, just a little bit of an uphill battle before you start on the same footing. And then and then it's building the skills and strategies. So it's like you just kind of got to get up to the almost reading skills, you know, just the ability to really read for the main idea, um, which humanities teaches all the time. And then it's not just the humanities stu um, trained students are naturally good at cars. There's still all kinds of skills and tactics you need to learn and ways that you can perform better at cars. It's not something that you just come up and bang out a 132. And do you think in cars that there is like a certain trend as to the subjects that come up in cars or is it really just as wide and diverse as it seems and like you could never predict what you're going to read on the next page? Like in your experience, what do you think? I've never been able to predict them. Um, I like, I, I, one time you'll be reading about some, uh, New York Met opera review. And then the next thing you're reading about New Zealand legal system stuff. And I don't, do you remember any of the subjects on your MCAT? I'm trying to think. So like, it's all cladded now, active versus practice. But I remember like, certainly like government, anthro, I'm pretty sure geography maybe at some times. Oh. Psych. Um, I mean, not some psych, but like some, I don't know, the human behavior. Yeah, sociology. I remember getting like lots of like sort of arts sort of derived, some poli-sci, um, a lot of like, I don't know why it stands out. Maybe it's because they were so difficult, but I seem to remember a lot of passages on just art as an actual form and art as like a product and how to make art and an artistic, an, an artist's view on how they go about painting a certain a certain scene or this and that. And I remember just thinking like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm out of my element here. <laughs> you, yeah. Imagine like, imagine like the New York times reviewing Picasso's most recent exhibit yeah. and it gets into all of the, I don't know, whatever art people talk about, <laughs> but yeah, it's like that. And I think that maybe it's just my general enthusiasm for life, but <laughs> I think that's one of the things that has always been my strength in cars is that you read a passage and you're like, heck Yeah. I love this. I'm going to learn something new, you know? And actually, Chancey, you know this. It's one of my dirty little secrets is that I have actually written Cars passages for fun. 
And sometimes for, I'll read. For fun? Sorry, you said for fun? <laughs> I know. Well, because it just like helps me get into the <laughs> groove kid. for teaching. I know. And, and so I've actually written, I don't know, seven or eight. Not written as in performed, but actually created. And Whoa. anyways, it's nerdy. Okay, I know. So okay. I felt, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm blushing, everyone. <laughs> um, so I but one interesting one that I thought was a fantastic article was like five hundred words on Bitcoin. Right? And Whoa. it was like on cryptocurrency. Okay. Right. And this yeah. I did this a few years ago. And so now it's like obviously all over the place. But so th- those kinds of topics and where one of the challenges of cars and I think one of the skills that you can be lear- taught and you can learn is like how to love every passage. Even the, I love the most boring passages out there. Have you ever noticed that the boring, boring passages, the ones where you're like, oh, oh my God, I'm going to fall asleep, have the easiest questions associated with them, the more straightforward questions? 100%. And then you're like kicking yourself because you spend all this time trying to read the boring and stay active. And then the questions come up and you're like, oh, I wasted so much time going through that. Yeah. And and the questions are often (laughs) so straightforward. And you're like, all I had to do was just read the passage and just enjoy the passage in whatever form that that means. And you do really well. The enjoyable reads, uh, the ones that tell this story of some historical figure and like Joan of Arc and it's, it's discussing her trajectory and her demise. And you're like, this is so cool. I'm learning so much. And then the questions are so obtuse. As soon as I start to enjoy a passage, I'm like, oh, the questions are going to suck. <laughs> yeah, the questions are going to be so hard. I have to really oh, like no. get into my obtuse brain and like start thinking about something totally different. So, I mean, yeah. So these are kinds of things that, that take practice, but I think that, that that guided practice. I feel like it's really hard to learn about cars without having someone, without listening to this episode, I guess. And, and with that, you mentioned like this term mapping. And it, I guess for like listeners, what do you what do you mean by that? Like when you say like mapping a passage, what does that entail? I'm actually going through this right now with my, uh, my fourth year students at U of A. And that is develop an outline for your paper, right? And every, you've been taught this since like junior high and nobody does it, right? You develop an outline of what you want to say, why you want to say it for each and every paragraph and what the flow of ideas is. Mapping is in cars. It's like you're reverse engineering the author's outline. You've become the author. You've decided that you are now a middle-aged black woman um, sitting on a porch reading, writing about, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever her expertise might be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you're write, reading about that, you've inhabited that person, and now you're imagining, after reading their, their little essay, and going, what would their outline have been like? Those three words for every paragraph. Why did they use this example? And so it's like, it might be, um, I don't know, I can come think of something, some, uh, someone who just recently hiked this Slovenian Alps, okay? And you've mm-hmm. become this person wearing lederhosen and, um, you know, like eating pretzels and you're wandering around Slovenia. And so you're sitting there and you're imagining and they're like, they're first going to start with their most favorite picturesque memory. And that's why you, that's where you'd start. And then you talk about the trials and tribulations and how you overcame them. And so what you do in a map is you say um, the like the scene or uh, started in Ljubljana, which is I happen to know is the capital of Slovenia. Um, you know, you, you know a lot there. about this. I, <laughs> I know. I don't know. Great, I, great I am example. kind of making this up. I hope no Slovenians are listening because I'm going to butcher a lot of this stuff. I, I'm pretty sure they don't wear lederhosen in Slovenia. But anyways, we can imagine. imagine. And uh, and so and then you know it's like okay, um, uh, uh, summer crystal clear blue waters uh, on the shores of 
whatever on the shores of the Adriatic and then you get into okay the challenge what was the challenge and and how did the author overcome this and was it uh guided or like was it help from a stranger or was it something internal fortitude and human condition and what you do is you sort of just create the outline of this passage what that does is it allows you to um get into why the author wrote it that way that's all it that's all it's about why what was the author's main point that they were trying to make with each and every paragraph that's kind of the secret of cars it's not note-taking mapping is a skill um some students i map again everything all the time 100 percent. i've tried to not map and i do poorly so i'm like oh I'll just map it's easy for me um, some students find that they don't write fast enough, that their maps tend to be really convoluted and it's just overwhelming and it just distracted. I kind of think as mapping as something, a skill you need to master. It takes practice. We do lots of drills when I'm teaching it about how to map. Um, and also, uh, your mapping becomes something to rely on. I think most importantly, when you hit a lull. Chancey, you know this. You hit lulls in the exam. <laughs> It's six hours and 15 minutes, right? <laughs> yeah, I hit, I hit one or two, you know, like, one or two not or just, like th- I, 17. I shouldn't say wall, uh, lulls. I should say you hit, you know, insurmountable walls during the exam of confidence breaking down, of exhaustion, of all kinds of things. And for me, it's like having that skill in the back pocket of being able to map allows me to, when I'm doing an exam, I'm writing nine passages. On the fourth or fifth passage, I'm kind of like, I don't need to do this. Why am I doing this? this is, and I'm like, no, I have to focus. And I'll return to mapping even more in order to just keep me focused and keep me engaged and keep me having that energy that I need to do the exam. So mapping is, I take it or leave it um, thing to do for every passage, but it's something you should have in your toolkit and you use when you need to. I happen to, It happens to be my hammer. I use it all the time. No, fair enough. I kind of, and I think, you know, when I was learning and doing it, I certainly was mapping and that was something that was new to me because you're taking it one step further. Like you said, like not only are you wearing the, the, the jacket shirt hat of the author, but now you're trying to think in terms of when they were drafting that piece of work, how did they, how did they make their outline and why was it chosen in the particular flow that it was ultimately written for and, and in its final form. So you're, yeah, you're, you're taking me back and, and it's good. <laughs> it's not all nightmares. It's not all nightmares. Some of it's good. And it just shows that like a lot of these, you know, you do this obviously for a reason because you're, you know, you're proficient and, and, and many students succeed like under your wing and with the companies like Prep 101, obviously there's great tactics out there, but I guess students, they may listen to us here. They may attend seminars from other companies or just have other books. What, what do you give to, I guess, for advice to those students that either A, are thinking about writing a car section for the first time or maybe they're just so full of information and sort of clouded by all the different resources and advice that's out there and forgetting maybe what's important. What's your advice and insight for those students? It can be really overwhelming. Um, one of the things that, uh, that I like to sort of think about is that every there's all these tactics, these skills, the test-taking skills that you need to establish during your car's journey. And it's like adding tools to your toolbox and becoming proficient in how to use all those tools and being comfortable with each one. But I think you should train them one by one. So for instance, you might have a week in your own self-study where you're doing, I'm just going to practice paraphrasing the question stem. I'm going to break down and find typical question types and figure out ways that work best for paraphrasing. Um, and so for instance, there's a lot of questions on the MCAT that always trip me up. Like I just find I, my brain gets turned into a bit of a pretzel. Um, and that is when they're like, 
which of the following is contrary to the main idea expressed in the passage or what would the author strongly disagree with? And if I paraphrase that as just opposite the main idea, I've already composed my main idea. Sometimes I've even written it down. And those mm-hmm. are the types of questions where it's like, I've developed a little bit of a hack, right? And it's like, that works 99% of the time, opposite of the main idea. Um, and so there's these skills, and that's a skill of paraphrasing, identifying question types that you build. Then maybe the next week, you don't do this all at once. Maybe the next week you identify all the so-called distractors, the really formulaic ways that the MCAT likes to tempt you into picking the wrong answer. The extreme is a great example. When in the answer choice, there's an always or a never. And those are like, really, always? Like, I don't know anything about hiking the Slovenian Alps, but always? Do you always have to, does it always rain? And those kinds of things. And you're like, well, no, probably not always. And I'll eliminate that. And so the reasons, the justifications for elimination may be another week. So these skills are slow. There, there is a, pro, a, a process of learning how to use all these tools, developing these tools, whether that's mapping, envisioning the author, developing the main idea, um, what else? Uh, paraphrasing the question stem, um, identifying distractors. Those are the big ones. I might be forgetting something here. But those are the, like, so stripped, if you're, if you're, deep into cars and you've done the MCAT a couple of times and cars has always been your nemesis stop and go this is a formula the MCAT has a formula to cars there are nine passages there the questions are roughly the main questions are what is the main idea what does the author agree with what does the author disagree with what's opposite the main idea and what's a detail from the passage Mm. that's kind of it that that's kind of the scope as soon as you get into this idea that the MCAT has a formulaic setup for cars, then you stopped. You, you don't. You can't get overwhelmed with it anymore. You kind of see through that, and so that's where, again, these skill building is something that is processive. It is something that you do slowly but surely, and you'll end up with this toolbox full of good tools that you can use to tackle each and every every passage. And I certainly remember it being like a long haul like that, that it wasn't a weekend and I was good for cars. It was the whole like duration of my study period of three to four months and, and, and picking away at it and utilizing like the good resources and the good strategies and tips. And I, um, the Nova Scotia pun in me, I was like a lobster at the very beginning of cars. And I was always, I was always being trapped no matter what I did, no matter what I did, I was falling for these distractors and the traps that you made reference to. And it was just, ruling uh, to kind of have that early on, but then I really did see the gains and how valuable and don't you the feel practice like there's was, like, right? Don't you feel like there's a separate car's brain you have to kind of insert? You have 100%. to kind of lobotomize yourself in the, from the sciences? Mm-hmm. And oh, you, oh, you know what, actually right before MCAT season, uh, like April, May, I'll actually pull out car's passages, even ones I've done before, just to get back into the groove, right? It's just a, it's a different way of thinking than I normally do. And actually, I love suggesting like right before and actually, Chancey, correct me. What do you think about this advice? Because I've never yeah. I've just kind of come up with it. But I feel like the day before the MCAT, I don't think you should st- maybe do memorize some stuff and like review and just kind of reinforce some simple memorization stuff. But I think you should do maybe five cars passages and don't even look at how you do just to get into like that group, be able to switch out of science brain into cars brain quickly for the actual exam. So I think that's a kind of a relaxed way to go into the the day before the midterm, uh, the midterm, the MCAT. 
<laughs> it's a it's a ginormous midterm. It's a it's just a, it's just a big midterm. I'm trying to you know what I did. I I kind of did what you said in terms of took a break the last two or three days. Cars was the last thing I studied, so I'm true to what you said there. I don't know if it was the day before or just like the few days before. I would do a cars passage or two a day, keep it really light, try to read for pleasure, not think too much about time, and just try to get into that mindset of enjoying what I'm reading um, that we've been talking about from the beginning of this this episode. Um, and then, yeah, the small stuff, the small little formulas. But for sure, I, I totally echo what you said, okay. that Karis is a nice way to end up or end your studying uh, regiment before you write the, the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like you have to get into the mood, yeah, get into the groove. Definitely. Yeah. definitely. Uh, what, uh, what materials did you use for studying cars? At first, like everything I could get my hands on, and that was a mistake. Yeah, yeah, big mistake. I think I had every prep company's books and was going through and learning different methods, trying to find a way to get better at it um, after I realized my practicing was terrible. And it didn't work for me. In the end, uh, it was all exam crackers. Um, exam crackers, uh, Prep 101 materials, uh, those were the two that I sort of stayed true to. And then after that, I just grabbed whatever resource I could to get practice time on passages. Didn't look at the strategies for those books, but just more and more passages. Yeah, I definitely think that the exam crackers has the most... Um, uh, succinct set of tactics that you can use. Um, you like using was, them too and teaching from them? I do. I love them. Actually, yeah. um, I will throw one under the bus but uh, here. But um, I will say that any set of materials that you get, realize that the set of tactics and the, and the system that they establish is not a cafeteria. You don't get to pick this skill from Kaplan and that skill from Prep 101 and that tactic from some other organization. You, 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 you pick one horse for cars especially and run with mm -hmm. it um, now i love exam crackers you know this and it's a good reminder right now that the prep me podcast is in fact sponsored by prep 101 um, and we use exam crackers books in our courses um, and it is the best way for you to prep for your mcat but i will say this that uh, i'm gonna hold on i'm gonna grab it um the most recent wait hold on you just had it there at your side you just you you love cars so much you keep the books right there beside you all at all times yeah. <laughs> at, all at all times, they're always with you. Well, in all fairness, um, a lot of my MCAT books also act as a prop for my camera in different oh, okay. devices. But okay. I did have... At the I did, ready. I did. I knew you were going to ask me about cars today. And so I did bring up this one. And for those of you who are watching on our YouTube channel, you'll be able to see this one. Um, this is the most recent. This is the 10th edition okay. of um, the MCAT 101 Passages in Cars. I want to say that's 10th edition. I don't want to get that wrong. Um, and you know what, look, we're going to just reveal the fact that we are not beholden to anything our sponsors want us to say this, the most recent exam crackers and cars sucks. Oh, why does it suck? Why? The passages are the level of difficulties all over the place. Um, the, some of the questions are, you know, we, I actually had a meeting with a couple of other people, um, who are like in this, from the States who reached out and said we need to like troubleshoot this book and kind of figure out if it's if it's salvageable and it was like a two-hour meeting where we went through two passages and just gave up and uh jeez oh, and it's it's and, and exam crackers has admitted it's not good and prep 101 doesn't use it um but if you're just look browsing the shelves and picking up some um some passage some books don't get that one the oh sorry it must be the third edition the second edition mcat um, the one with the more colorful uh, uh, cover, and I can show the YouTube viewers here, the MCAT mm -hmm. 101 passages, but it's kind of got purple and orangey, um, is way better. 
is way better. Like this is much, much, much more representative. The newer one, it's just too hard. It's too obtuse. It's too beyond. I don't know. I just really struggle with it. When I first, we first started using it and I first got my hands on it, I started going through it and my scores were like four out of six on each passage, three to five. I was like, oh, oh my God. And I started to think maybe I shouldn't teach cars anymore. I'm a phony. I'm a fraud. I can't do this. I literally was like, uh, I shouldn't teach cars. Yeah, I, my confidence was shot. And then we started, all the cars people started talking. And we're like, okay, every everybody in North America, all the cars instructors were like, this book sucks. Anybody else think that? So most uh, companies who use exam crackers have switched back to the, um, again, second edition. Okay. And it's extremely good. It's extremely good. And I know exams crackers is working on a, a, a new edition, but I'm not sure how far they've gotten with it. So anyways, so just <laughs> to show <laughs> that we are, uh, we are not biased. <laughs> we in fact are willing to speak the truth out of the materials and the courses that are out there. And you just heard a real time demonstration on how important it is to do your research on the resources you buy, like get reputable things, read forums, read what people are saying about them before you invest lots of money into these resources because they're not cheap. Um, so do your due yeah. diligence for sure. All right, Chancey, you know, I could talk about cars all day, but I, don't I have no doubt. I know. You know <laughs> what? If, no if there's demand <laughs> from our listeners, then we could do more. I think one thing we should do on our podcast once is like send out a cars passage and just solve it together. That was a, that's a great idea, actually. You know, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We're, well, we're, fun we're, for we're... one of us. I mean, it would be fun for both <laughs> of us, but definitely fun for you. Uh, educational for me and reminiscence. But I think that's actually a really good idea. Well, anyways, I mean, we're, we're finding our voice. This is a relatively new podcast. So please share wherever you find your podcast and all your friends. It's the Prep Me podcast. It's sponsored by Prep 101. We do have to say that. Um, no, the, Prep 101 is a fantastic company and the best way to uh, certainly prepare for your MCAT. It's got the best instructors, best material, best schedule to get you to the scores that you want. Um, and share us widely and get, fe- I'd love feedback. I'm Tora. Uh, which email should we use? I don't know what email should I use. Um, Tora at prep101.com. I'd, I'd like to keep it a little bit arm's length. But anyways, T-O-R-A-H at prep101.com. I'd love to hear your feedback, what you guys want to hear from this podcast. We'd yeah, love definitely. Audience feedback. So Send in the ideas. Let us know what we are lacking and what you can't find online Chances already. Conv- but you're conveniently not offering your email address. That's fine. I, That's fine. I'll take one for the team here. <laughs> I'm not privy to the prep101 email. I'm still generic, but my generic is used for everything. And I just... Got, like you said, you got to keep like two arms length. That's what I'm yep. going to say. I'm going to keep two yep. arms length through it. There we go. That's fine. I'll take the heat on this one. Uh, no, we'd love to hear from all of you out there that are listening. And uh, thank you again for listening to the Prep Me podcast. And subscribe, download, share. We'd love to hear, hear, hear your feedback as well. Take care, everybody.